Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future Part 2, one sports listening minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez the News. And joining us one final time to wrap up the week, Norman Benford from Back to the Future, colon, the podcast. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to be here and have been enjoying the week to say the very least. Aw, well, uh, today we're going back to minute 70, which starts with uh, with with uh, geriatric Biff saying, don't you get it? And ends with younger Biff tossing the almanac in the backseat uh, to right in front of a wide eyed Marty McFly. <laughs> the widest eyed Marty. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So this this minute is mostly just listening to a UCLA game, uh, which is. Just it just happens to be at the perfect point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In which to make and make in in order for geriatric Biff to make his point um, within thirty seconds of turning uh, can, it on. Can you imagine if they started the game and it was like halfway through the first quarter? All right, just, like, just just wait, just, just wait, just wait. I mean, no I questions. Mean, Biff, <laughs> Biff, young 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 Biff is so. Uh, what I like about Thomas L. Wilson's performance of young Biff. Specifically in this movie, <laughs> is that because he's also playing geriatric Biff, he knows how to amp up uh, younger Biff's sort of like teenagerisms, mm-hmm. and so he has this ADD like personality trait about where he's like, "Okay, okay, are we done? Can we be done? Are we done? I got things to do. Can we yeah, go? Can we done? Are we done?" And he, he knows something that kind of not a lot of people do about. People like Biff, you know. I mean, I mean, you know, obviously Biff is is a very, uh, you know, like 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 most of the great things about Back to the Future. He's very pronounced and kind of larger than life. But you know, I, I like how frustrated he gets when he doesn't understand things because that feels very honest to me for for this kind of character. You know, like they don't like being, they don't like feeling dumb because so often they come from backgrounds where like they are made to feel dumb a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I can just kind of see that on his face, you know, where he, he's angry that he doesn't understand what's happening because I'm sure in the back of his head, he thinks that like this, this guy is like messing with him. I, I also like at the beginning of this scene, how, how young Biff is, he's, he's breathing heavily and still a little bug eyed. Selling yeah. the fact that this old man just smacked him across the back of his head and <laughs> stole his car. You know, yeah. very like, weird. That's yeah. in, insult to injury. It's like stole my car and then then paint brushed me on the back of the head. Like he's get yeah. he's getting a little fired up. And you know, he's not really used to being challenged in this town. No, definitely not. You know, it's like someone slapping Joffrey. Yeah, because this is uh pre uh George McFly taking him out at the dance. Like he he's still the 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 alpha lion of the at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's, uh, here's what's really interesting, right? So we know that this is taking place on November 12th, 1955. I thought for sure this game was bullshit, uh, or horseshit as the case may be. Um, but it turns out, no, this is an actual game played between UCLA versus Washington on Saturday, November 12th, 1955, and the score was 19 to 17 
and the win came with 18 seconds left in the game, and Jim Decker kicked a 35-yard field goal. Ugh, Th- like it was that weird. is that is insane to me that it, this is an actual game that just happened to be on this date because there's no way they planned around it because they we already knew the date uh, uh, from the last movie. Sure. So. Yeah. They just had to do almond sports almanac research and find this game, and it just happened that the uh, the the winning kick happened 18 seconds before the end of the game. It's like perfect. It's kind of spooky. Also, it was really spooky hearing you talk about sports for like a few seconds. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this is the only sports research I've ever done in my entire life. Yeah, um, but you can actually you can actually watch the game on YouTube. I, it's a little less spooky if you think about uh, most high school dances and most college football games happen on a Saturday, and there's the, there's a lot of overlap in November for that kind of thing. That's very true. Oh no, no, definitely. I, I guess what what's spooky to me the kind is, of game is, is spooky. Yeah, it's that that the game specifically works perfectly for what they were trying uh, to accomplish. Okay, yeah. Then yes, uh, that definitely does enhance the ooh creepy factor. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like just the fact that it was one with 18 seconds left. Yeah, it's like, like that is so ridiculously perfect for what Biff is trying to prove in this scene. It's it, it's almost something that you would, you know, uh, uh, like like cinema sins would call that unrealistic if it wasn't true, you know. Right. Can, totally. Can you imagine being the guy who found that and gets to race into the writers room with a smile on his face? You guys are not going to believe this. Yeah. I know that that guy got bought dinner that night of that. I am certain. <laughs> oh man. You're not kidding. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just, I thought, I, I, I thought that was really, no, I, I was not expecting there to be an actual game. So I was really impressed by that. It kind of reminds me of uh, the other day when Scott and I were recording the no roads edition and we found out that, uh, Albert Einstein passed away in 1955. Yeah. That was really crazy too. It, if you do, if you do a little uh, searching and googling, there there are also some some very odd things that have happened, uh, like that on the Quantum Leap television show and on The Simpsons. The, the, there's a, I believe there's a Quantum Leap episode that accurately predicts a Super Bowl. Uh, things like oh, that. Yeah, and then there's the there's the Simpsons thing about the about the the weekend like the movie opening thing with the chipmunks and what was the other movie? Oh, Star Wars. St- oh, it was Star Wars and chipmunks. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was like it was there was like a chipmunks movie and a and a Star a, an episode seven Star Wars movie, and it's they're just like advertised outside of a movie studio in like you know the the, the episode was like in two thousand five or something like that. It's the most bizarre thing. And of course it, it can't go without mention the episode where newly elected president of the United States, Lisa Simpson is setting forth to repair all of the damage uh, that has been brought forth by president Trump. So stay tuned. Woof. Yikes. Happy. Um, we're also recording this on the day of the Republican national convention. Oh, is that right? Or no, not the day, but like it's, it's happened. It's, it's, it's like people are, it's like, it's like those couple of days before comic-con starts, but for racists. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, okay. So uh, I don't know. Do, what else do you guys have for the minute itself? Anything uh, else? For, for the minute itself, when I was uh, tracking this up on my laptop last night, I was dreading it because I remember the actual football game listening experience to be longer than it was. 
And I was uh, thinking we were going to have to talk about the football game for an entire minute, which I'm glad that's <laughs> not the case. Um, and actually, an interesting aside about this particular scene in the movie, whenever what would eventually become Comedy Central first debuted on North American cable systems, it was called the Comedy Channel. Right. And they had very little, little original content at the time. So they would show little clips from comedy movies kind of on the same rotation that MTV would show their rotation of music videos at the time. Oh no shit. I never heard that before. Yeah. So That's I, really weird. I, I'm totally, <laughs> totally dating myself at this point, no, but because uh, <laughs> I remember videos on MTV mm-hmm. and, uh, Oh, what? so do, so do I. I'm I'm 31. I, I watch plenty of music videos on MTV. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> w- one of the first weekends that the Comedy Channel debuted, I was house sitting for my friend and his mother who were on vacation and watching their dog. We did not have access to the Comedy Channel at my house on our cable tier, so I watched the Comedy Channel all weekend, and I must have seen this clip. Dozens of times because it it was this there was I want to say there was a clip from Animal House, which would make sense because that's also a Universal Studios product. But they weren't showing a lot of clips. And this was one of them. And it was in heavy, heavy rotation. What a weird clip to show. Yeah, that's it's not even a very funny clip. No, I I think that they were just kind of happy to be showing off that two panel stuff and. It was fairly cutting edge for the time because this is 1989. Right. Huh. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, so uh, as as you listen to the, to the show, you know that we've been reading the other drafts of the screenplay this season. And I have. And I have to say, having never read any of those drafts, it's been uh, infinitely fascinating to me. Oh, and well, when you well, were talking – Talking about it on the No Roads edition over the weekend, uh, there is stuff in some of the newest comics out in the past week or two that are going to make you very, very happy based on your response to something being pulled from that original draft. Okay, awesome. Yeah, no, we'll, we were looking forward to getting to. It. I mean, we've read, I've, I've read all, all of the, all of the comics already. We're just sort of like reading them and going over them uh, on the show. Okay. Well then, one, um, one word for your listeners: gravity. Oh yeah, yeah, that does that definitely does come back, although not nearly in as in as cool of a way. I think it's cooler. Really? I do. I mean, talk uh, talk, talk about well, margin of error. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it when we get to it on the on the No Roads edition. Okay. But, uh, I digress. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, as as I talked about, uh, I believe last week, um, the paradox draft is sort of on pause right now because uh, they go from alternate 1985 directly to the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. So I don't have anything to cover in that draft right now. Um, but in the 67 draft, if you remember, uh, speaking of gravity, we just got that sequence. Uh, where the where the DMC drops out of the sky, uh, or I should say, nose dives out of the sky in order to hit eighty eight miles per hour, and Doc, uh, upon arriving in nineteen fifty five, Doc says, "I think that there's a an abandoned bar barn not far from here," 
And then we cut to the Peabody farm uh, where a pickup truck pulls up to the farmhouse and Pa Peabody gets out and he says, it sure feels good to be in the old place again. It's been almost 12 years. <laughs> and Ma Peabody says, Otis, you never got back. You never, you never got to go back to that insane asylum again. We can finally take that camping trip. You're really cured. And he says, yeah, he's like, come in here, proves it. Uh, that, that psychiatrical doctor said to go back to where it all happened. And I'd see for sure that there weren't no flying saucers. And then the DeLorean shows up and Pa screams and Ma screams and they both get back into the, to the truck and floor it. <laughs> that's, that's horrible. Yeah. It reminds me of the scene. It reminds me of that bit in uh, – I don't know if either of you watched the Clerks cartoon series. Yes, I have. But, yeah, but there's that bit where, where the guy comes out and he's like, is it safe? And she's like, yes, it's very safe. And then he gets like set on fire. Um, <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. Uh, yeah, so then they land in the barn and Marty gets out and uh, as Doc is inspecting the damage and Marty says, can you fix it? And Doc's like, well, don't worry. Even if I can't fix the the aerial acceleration system, um, we still have Mr. Fusion, uh, so we can get get up to ninety, get up to eighty eight miles per hour uh, on the ground, and the Mr. Fusion will still get us the one point twenty one gigawatts we need to run the flux capacitor. So we're totally fine, no problem. Just get to Biff's house, get the almanac, and get back here as soon as possible. And, uh, and then he tells him, and remember, destroy the book this time. It's brought nothing but trouble. Uh, but Marty's already left. No! So then Marty, so then Marty arrives at Biff's house, uh, which is at 2920 Pearl Street. And uh, it's, it's a lot like the house that he lives in in part two, but he lives there by himself. Uh, and he's 30 years old and he's asleep <laughs> in his bed. Okay. And uh, there's a... German shepherd in the front yard and Marty sees an envelope on the doorstep that says personal and he knows, and it's shaped like the almanac. So he knows it's the almanac that Biff left behind for his younger self. But in order to get to it, he has to get past the German shepherd and the German shepherd is on a chain, but the chain goes far enough that he would be able to get to Marty if Marty tried to go for the, for the envelope. Um, and, uh, so he can't get to it. The dog is waking up Biff. His name is Chopper and, uh, Biff is telling him to shut up. And then a mailman comes by and, uh, uh, Marty hides and the mailman goes and drops the mail into the, into the house, uh, like the, the door slot. And as he's walking by the dog, he says, sit boy, sit. And the dog obediently obeys. And so then he goes and he, he puts the mail in he starts to walk away and Marty's like, oh, my God, he didn't see the envelope. And then he sees the envelope and he picks it up and he puts that in the slot, too. And Marty's like, damn it. Um, <laughs> so then the mailman walks away and then Marty approaches the door and tells the dog to sit. And the, the dog listens because he understands that command. And uh, so Marty goes and he sticks his arm through the mail <laughs> slot to try and get the envelope. And he keeps getting closer and closer as Biff is getting ready for work and then leaves out the garage and then sees Marty dressed like a hippie trying – like reaching his arm through the mail slot to get the thing. And he gets out and starts cursing at, at Marty 
and uh, and and telling him, "You goddamn hippie! I ought to beat your brains out." What the hell are you doing on my property, you hippie scum? <laughs> and Marty says, "Nothing. I made a mistake." And he calls him a lion commie. And then he said, "I saw your hand in my house, or you're trying to burn my house down." And he goes in there and he finds the the uh, uh, mail and finds the envelope and he picks it up and he reads it. And he's like, "No postage, no return address," and it says personal. And he goes, "Oh, I know what was going on. You put this in here, didn't you? It's probably a bomb or a booby trap. Well, I ain't falling for it." And he gives it to him and says, "Now get the hell out of here." And so Marty's like. Okay, great. And then runs off with the almanac. Um, and and then runs into town and throws the almanac in the garbage. And sure. then he starts to walk away from the garbage. And obviously, this is the courthouse square scene. So he's seeing like lots of 1960s stuff. You know, conservative dressed pedestrians, uh, uh, younger like hippie kids, a barber shop, uh, and and like uh, a uh, army recruitment center, stuff like that. And then, so he throws it away. And then uh, the garbage, uh, the garbage men come are coming down the street and he's looking at them coming down the street toward the almanac. And he's really hesitant about having thrown the almanac away. So he pulls out the matchbook from Biff's hotel and casino and sees that it is, it is turned into just a plain matchbook and so now he he knows that the future has changed, and so he runs back to the garbage to pull the almanac out to keep for himself. And then uh, a police officer named Reese shows up and is like, "What are you doing, kid?" And he's like, "I just I I put something in the garbage by accident." He's like, "Going through the garbage, you stupid hippie. Where where's your ID? Do you have any ID?" And he's like, "I I don't have any ID on me." He's like, "What about a school ID or a draft card? You got a draft card, right?" And he's like, "He's like, no." And he's like, "You don't have a draft card?" And he goes, "Is there is there a law against that or something?" Cut to Marty is in jail. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and the chief is cursing at him and calling him a hippie, and uh, and he's like, I, "Don't I get a lawyer?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure, kid. We'll get you a lawyer whenever we get around to it." <laughs> and then we cut to uh, the barn where uh, Ma and Pa Peabody pause. Like, okay, I went twelve years. No one believed that there was an alien. So now I'm going to make sure that those Martian bastards stay here. So nobody thinks I'm crazy this time. So he burst into the, into the, into the barn with his shotgun and blows away the Mr. Fusion. And, and then, so like, like smoke is billowing and everything. And then the, the gold doc, opens the gold wing door and Ma's like, the aliens are coming. You pissed them off. They're coming to get us. And then they run away again. And doc is like freaking out because now the Mr. Fusion is destroyed and they have no way of going home. Um, and, uh, then in the jail cell, his, uh, Mar Marty's, uh, court appointed lawyer shows up and, uh, it is a man with a huge hairdo, uh, a huge Afro hairdo, and uh, carries himself uh, like a militant. And he's like, okay, here's your public defender, uh, lawyer Goldie Wilson. And then Goldie says, that's Muhammad Wilson to you. <laughs> oh, no. So he joined the Nation of Islam. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he is Muhammad Wilson, uh, much like Muhammad Ali. And uh, he starts talking to Marty about uh, – 
he he doesn't think he goes what are you looking at marty has said nothing he goes what are you looking at you think a black man can't do this job as good as a white man he just monologues about how uh white men or black men can do anything that a white man can do and in fact he can do it better and marty's like okay that that that's fine i just i just want to get out of here and he's like well you don't have an id no last name no draft card he's like i can bring this down to a 50 dollar fine but uh, I, I don't have any way of, of doing that if you don't have ID or a draft card or anything. And so Marty says, he's like, there's, well, and he says, there's a fi- you can bail yourself out or you can't bail yourself out without ID. Uh, so someone else would have to bail you out. And he's like, okay, so I'll tell you what you need to do. I want you to p- go to the newspapers. I want you to put in the newspapers that me, Mar- m- me, Marty, has been arrested and that I need to be bailed out. He's like, okay. He's like, but is he going to know? Like, is the person that you're wanting to see this going to know that it's you just by your first name? He's like, we'll use my last name as well. DeLorean. Uh, and so he does. And then somebody, somebody bails him out and he's like, all right, doc, I knew you'd pull it off. And this is like late. This is like the next day. Um, and, uh, and that's where we'll leave it. So, so Marty got, uh, Marty got bailed out. Um, but by who? And just as, as an interesting aside, I love listening to these alternate uh, scripts. It's maybe one of my favorite things because it's new to me because I haven't read it yet. But yeah. uh, t- talk about a missed opportunity, not calling Chopper Sniff Tannen. Oh, that would be great. Oh, man. Yeah. Sniff Tannen. Sniff Tannen. <laughs> a bully of other dogs. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, he, went, uh, yeah. he went to high school with Einstein. <laughs> or no, actually, that would be Copernicus. He went to high school with Copernicus. Right. Copernicus, the, the Marty McFly of dogs. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I really liked uh, this section of the 67 script. I thought it was uh, – it, it's, it's really fun. I liked the gag of like – what is that illegal or something? It's illegal. Is it illegal to not have a draft card? I is it was it illegal to not have your draft card on your person at all times? I believe so. Really? Yeah, or like maybe unless you were like a university student or something. Yeah. But but on your person at all times? Well, that I can't say with confidence if that's like accurate or not. Yeah, I mean, I knew it was illegal to not have a draft card, but it just seems. It seems weird that it's like, no, you have to, you, you not only have to have it, but you have to have it on you always. Like, and and actually I can actually see that scene with my mind's eye with, with a a very hard cut that that would be in style with the, the, the trilogy as it was filmed. And it's like, what is that illegal? And then the next thing you hear is just like that clanging jail door. And it's just Marty's face behind bars with just no transition, just a hard cut to that. Right. Like I, I can see it. Yeah. And I really I really like that. I mean I, I also I really like how uh how how silly the scene where, where Marty is trying to get the almanac back is. Like I just like how it's not an ongoing like thirty minute sequence like it is in part two. It's it's just this one little scene and then he doesn't actually get the almanac back. Biff just gives it to him because he doesn't care. Like he just doesn't even know what it is. So he's like, take take your stupid hippie, you know, terrorist act or whatever. Um I really like that. I like I like the uh uh I guess it I just I it's surprising. It's it sort of like takes the wind out of the out of the plot a little bit. 
um, out of the sails of the plot. And I like that about it. Um, and plus, I really like seeing Marty in, in jail because that's something we've never seen before. Weirdly. Yeah, that, that's kind of uh, Uncle Joey's purview. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but but yeah, I just I, I like how the the stuff at least covered in, in, in today, the stuff covered this week on, on on in the script. I just liked how it's all it feels like all new stuff, not the same stuff, but different. But this all just felt like brand new Back to the Future content um, in the way that the, the gravity line, uh, the gravity sequence. Felt yeah. That way last week. Uh, so it, it, it's fun. We were excited to get to the 67 stuff in this draft. And now that we're here, it's, I, I think it's paying off now. And I, I am of two minds right now. I would like to go read it for myself right now, but I also enjoy ge- just getting it piecemeal from you guys. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, something a little new to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that that's it. I mean, Nick, Nick, you were awfully quiet. What did you think of the of this stuff? Yeah, no, it it, it, it would be fun to see to see Marty in jail. Yeah, no, I, I I'm I'm really interested to see what else, what other what other surprises 1967 has in store. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I guess I guess that about wraps up the the show. Uh, Norm, you have anything to plug? Uh, yes. Uh, as as we mentioned last episode, you can. Listen to mine and Brad's Back to the Future podcast uh, on iTunes or your podcast player of choice. You can find us on Facebook at BTTF Pod, Twitter at BTTF the Podcast. And uh, I'm sure Brad would appreciate a listen. He puts together uh, an excellent daily podcast show with his buddy Matt Topolsky called Your Opinion Doesn't Matter. You can find them on Twitter at Yodem Podcast. I believe yes. I want to make sure I get that right. That's Y O D M podcast, and I am an studious listener of that show. They put together some great stuff. What, uh, what is what is that show? It is a show they talk about sports, sports entertainment, politics, pop culture. Uh, they they talk about quite a bit. They they don't have a format that they follow in as much as their. Their topics of conversation are dictated by what's in the the, the spotlight at the moment. They spend a, a good deal of time talking about uh, whatever sport is in season. Talk a lot about football, a lot about basketball. They're both involved in the pro wrestling industry, so they talk about sports entertainment from time to time. Uh, it, it's a good show, and I would encourage people to give it a listen. All right. Well, good to know. Um, and thank you again for joining us all this week, Norm, and, and of course to, to Brad for uh, Monday and Tuesday. Um, but uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll be in touch for uh, part three. I, I would love to. I've enjoyed the heck out of this. Like I said, I, I, I burned through your back catalog in like two and a half months. So I look <laughs> forward to my daily fix. And uh, thank you so much for having us on. Yeah, no, thanks for being on. All right. Well, we will be back uh, next week with minutes 71 through 75. Uh, In the meantime, you can go to our website, duelinggenre.com, where you can uh, check out our other podcasts, like the Doctor's Companion podcast, our uh, Doctor Who podcast that we do with past guests of the show, Cassandra Fredrickson, and uh, Geek by Night, our original audio drama, which will be back with a new episode next week. 
uh, episode 10, I believe. And uh, and if you guys want more Back to the Future Minute this weekend, while you're waiting around, all you need to do is go to duelinggenre.com slash support and uh, subscribe to our Patreon page at the $5 a month level or higher, and you will get new episodes of Back to the Future Minute, No Roads Edition, every weekend. Uh, so we will be putting out another one of those uh, over the weekend, but it will not be coming up on the on the main feed like we did last week. That was just sort of a, a, a taste, and uh, now they will uh, all be Patreon exclusive going forward. So if you want those, sign up, duelinggenre.com slash support, and uh, become a Patreon member today. And of course, special thanks to Patreon associate producers David Jeffries and Leaper182. We couldn't do the show without you. And as always, it's Friday, so a, a follow Friday shout out to the other Movies by Minutes podcasts, uh, which you can find all of us at www.moviesbyminutes.com. And that's, of course, our patriarch, Star Wars Minute, who started it all, and then Indiana Jones Minute, Jaws Minute, Wrath of Khan Minute, Alien Minute, Two Minute Terminator, and as if, uh, Clueless Minute. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks. Thanks.